Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. I couldn't hear myself. Oh, yeah. I we can it, hear you, but you I had to turn do it, it yourself down. too. Yeah, I had to do that. 402 464 5685. Starter Hayman Tax Line, Honda Lincoln Hotline. Greatly appreciate you guys jumping on. And again, you know, you get the opportunity to ask Coach. Uh, he had to go take off and, and pick up his daughter. So. Um, we appreciate him hanging. He'll be back tomorrow. And so we'll do a full mailbag on Friday. It's, it, it, tomorrow, you'll be able to load up questions for Coach Wilhite. If also, I would imagine that, you know, if, if you want to get to Coach Bush, you should probably send those, those, those questions the night before. The night before. So we'll do a mailbag tomorrow. You can ask Jay and Kenny anything you want that, you know they can answer. And there are things that they can't answer. And you know they can't answer. So please don't try to get them in trouble. We like them. Yeah, like, I mean, like, why why do that? Like, why do that? Right? Like, look, they, when you're talking about coaches who have been in the program, they love the program. They have skin in the game. They have literally made sacrifices, uh, time sacrifices, family sacrifices, personal sacrifices to be a part of the program and to to, to make it as as positive as possible. But in that space, there are things that they would love to just go, okay, here's everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the reality is there are people in in the space who don't want to know the truth, who really don't. And I – I get that people want to love what they love and don't want to, like we know as parents, there are people like I don't want to, I don't want to know that my child's not, not doing what they're supposed to do, or I don't know what my significant other is doing, and I don't really want to know. Those people exist, and I get get through how you get through. And then there are people that absolutely demand the truth, and sometimes that's harsh, sometimes that's painful uh, to be informed that a way of business doesn't work. And listen. For the truth of it is that of the teams in the Big Ten, every year, half of those teams fail. Half of those teams with the highest level of professionals who will put in the most experience and have the most knowledge about the thing that we talk about and love, fail. Fail, fail, fail. Like They are below an acceptable level of success. And those are the best in the country. And then, of the other half, half of those aren't satisfied with their level of success. They're not satisfied with it. And again, they're better than the people who failed at the bottom, but they're not satisfied. They're not happy. And it's not from lack of trying. It's it's not from lack of knowledge. It is things just didn't go your way. Right? We're talking about teenagers and people in their early 20s who are not fully formed and have them developed. And quite frankly, uh, <laughs> who knows what they, what we're going to get from day to day. So, and then you get the elites who even in the elite category, if you spoke elite in the Big Ten, football, Ohio State, 
Michigan, and Purdue. Purdue failed at the thing that was important to them, which was which was winning the conference. They had a lot of success, but at the end of the season, how do you think they felt? Pretty bad. Right? Like, oh, you know, now they feel better than somebody else. Indiana, right? Right. Indiana felt pretty bad, but they don't feel as bad as Northwestern. Northwestern feels pretty bad, but they don't frown when it comes to Nebraska fans. Nebraska fans feel pretty bad, but they're laughing at Iowa. (laughs) Right. And these are the best at what they do in the country, in the entire world. When it comes to the game of football, these are people who are in the upper echelon of how business is done. The 1% of the 1%. Like, right? we talk about these coaches. Like, I was making fun of Brian uh, Ferris before. I mean, he's right. still 1% of the 1%. Right, like elite, elite. Same for high school, right? We talk about coaches in that space who, you know, again, they're in the top 10 of their profession. Right, if you're a head coach, high school head coach, no matter where that is, you're in the top percent of coaches in the world. But you're evaluated and assessed and 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 critiqued by people who haven't done what you've done, succeeded at what you've succeeded at, and yet f- still feel valid in their statement. <laughs> so I have to remember in this space that I'm vexed because sometimes I want to think as a coach. Right? Like you've been one. Right? Like, I want to think as a coach. There are times I want to think as an athlete. Because you've been one. There's a time that I want to think as an administrator because I want to tell you before, like, I wanted to be better at everything. So I kept doing more things. Like, I wanted to be better as a coach. So I l- tried to understand what writers were going through. I wanted to be better as a writer so I could at least understand when I question a coach what the writer has to do and what the coach has to do and then i wanted to understand being an executive for for these teams and so running teams is the great humbler of all because you don't get to impact and influence on a daily basis rep by rep drill by drill i put together what i thought was the best professional team i could put together like i had all the right pieces uh, the pieces fit. Uh, the chemistry was good. Um, I had depth. And then, and then, we played. We won, played the first game one by thirty. This is a CBA team one by thirty. And then, pieces started to fall apart, and the owner stopped giving the players the benefits that they had promised, which led the players to start to become selfish. So instead of being unselfish because everything was taken care of, they became selfish. And then it became about them because then all of them wanted to get to the next. They want to get a pro contract or a big European contract. So instead of playing for us, they played for them. And then I would get asked, well, you put this together. Well, I didn't account for, I did everything right. And I didn't account for an owner going left. I didn't account for a player deciding that he was going to go off script. Like, it's that thing as a coach, Austin, where you, mm-hmm. you, you call timeout and you go in the drill and you go, okay, here's the situation. Here's what we've practiced. Just do that. Do exactly what we practice. And they go on the floor 
and somebody blanks. Like literally, uh, uh, and then you, the other team scores, you call timeout to regroup, and the first question is, what happened? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> every time. Every time, DP. Every time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what did we say we were going to do? Um, uh, I'm going to catch and shoot on the wing. Okay. Did we say dribble? No, no, no. Did I ask you dribble drive? No, no, no. So when he hits you in the hand with it, were you able to catch and dribble? Catch and shoot. Yes, sir. So why didn't you? I don't know. I don't know, Coach. I don't know. <laughs> so I've like to listen to for the last two weeks listening to Bill Bush and listening to Kenny Willite. <laughs> I just like I want to hug them because <laughs> they have like they have really good hearts, right? Good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, good like it have and, worked their way to the one percent, right? Like you're in the one percent and you care the right way about the right things. Right, they, it's not always about money. I mean, Bill Bush tells the story of turning down more money to stay in a place that he cared about more, and we don't give coaches credit for doing that because the general temperature now is most money wins, and so we put that guilt on players because we think nil they're going to go where the most money is, but that's not that's not true. We saw it with uh, Western Kentucky's quarterback. He, all he asked was for them to try. It wasn't about the number. It was, hey, show me that you care yep. for what I've done. Yep. They did. He's back. Yeah. I mean, it, it. it's the way the discussion rolls, especially going forward, because we're headed into that, that, that part of the year where it's really – it's difficult for me because I, I, I hate to focus on workouts. Because workouts are relative. So there's a bunch of people who are going in the gym and he's sweating and he's doing his, his reps and you find out that he's working at 60% capacity, it's a fake hustle and you bought into it. It's propaganda. It's for fans to get him right? excited. But right? what does that give us to work with? Right. Like you see, you see, like they know, hey, you're in the gym. They see the cameras are on. And what's the old philosophy that once a thing is, is seen, it is then affected. Like, once you notice a camera is on, it changes everything about you. It just does. And so if you see somebody with a camera in the weight room, you can max. You'll go to max weight so people see you maxing weight, but that doesn't mean – that means that you stopped what you were doing and went for a desired effect. Or, you you know what? You ain't going to see me failing, so I'm going to drop down – couple of plates and uh, I'm gonna look good because it looked like it'll look good on Instagram well we understand this stuff happens now and coaches understand it and coaches have to deal with it the recruiting game is difficult but if I asked you Austin and text line you can you, you can tell me yes or no do you feel comfortable with 41 new or returning players going into the season? It's a lot on its face. I've seen that many additions not work before. It's a big number. We've heard, you know, old teams, experienced teams together. Get old, stay old. Exactly. Get old, stay old. But by that same token, I can't say I'm entirely uncomfortable with it because it's a new coach. You know, if this was happening year two, year three, heaven forbid, year four, then okay, something's up. Year one, I'm at least willing to say, 
we gotta give this guy the benefit of the doubt for now. So I don't love it, but it's more understandable this year. Would it be different if he was here in year three and brought in 40 yes, new people? Yes, absolutely. Right? Even what, if he'd been winning. Even if he'd been winning. That's right? a lot. Right? What if you... What if the coach had, was new, but the staff was veteran? Like they just trade out the manager, put the bench coach there yep. sort of thing? Yep. That's that's still a gamble. You're really banking on one guy. And I find it hard to believe that one guy you know, can be the problem in a lot of cases. But if you're bringing in 41 new ones, maybe he was. So I still wouldn't be overly comfortable with it. And 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 I do and I love one so a couple of texts. Claytona John says up guys comfortable comfortable with it? No. <laughs> like it like it 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 it's a truth, right? Everybody kind of swallows this their own way and it makes sense. Um you know, Thomas Lincoln says uh my instinct is no god no, but my gut is telling me um to instead of saying God, no, God, no, I'm saying yes, but saying there's a possibility. Uh, Nate says, clean up the culture. And this is where, if you're really being honest about the program, right? Exhale, everybody. Don't, don't, you know, don't bunch up. Exhale. If you're being honest about the program, yes, the culture needed to be cleaned up. But the real question was, we didn't ask the next question or the next two questions or the next three questions because having been brought into schools to clean up cultures, when told that, I have to ask, at what level of the, of the culture do I need to clean up? Are we talking locker room? Are we talking AD? Are we talking coach's office? At what level? Because sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes it's the leadership. Sometimes it's the grunt worker. Sometimes it's the leadership in, in within the vacuum. And then the next question is, how do you want me to clean up the culture? And the next question after that is, are you just saying you want to clean up the culture or how badly do you actually want the culture changed? Because... It may be the person who's asking you to come in and do it. As a matter of fact, most times it is. Right? Most times it is. Right? You have to say, listen, if you want the culture, what, what what's the line in uh, Remember the Titans? Uh, leadership reflects, <laughs> attitude reflects leadership. leadership. Yeah. Captain. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> that. I can tell you that – so I was brought in uh, to work with Team USA Football. And there are national guys, and then there are regional guys, then there are state guys, and then there are local guys. So if Link, if Omaha wanted to have an event and to pull in local talent, they're local people, and then those local people – are to organize, rally, and gather, and assess, and coach, and train the local talent. To provide the best local talent to send to, if it's in a big state like Florida, send it to Florida. Sending Tallahassee to Florida Hmm. is different than sending Omaha to Nebraska. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> sending Houston to Texas is different, right? Yes. Then the region, because Florida and Georgia and Mississippi. <laughs> they got dudes. Right? And so the, the, the crabs that come out of that barrel are different than the people who come from the middle of the country barrel. It's the crabs just, are different than the cows. It's just, it's just entirely different. And then they're the national people. Well, the problem wasn't on who was sending people to the, the higher levels. It was once they got to the higher levels, who was doing, what were you looking for? Because ultimately there was an inherent bias from the people who were at the top because they came from somewhere. And here's the thing about coaches. They coach as they are themselves. And it's what you know. So if you are a Texas coach who happens to elevate all the way through Team USA football, you prioritize and elevate people from Texas. That's what was happening. So when you bring in somebody who had coached in D.C., Charlotte, Texas, Utah, California, I was going to go, you're missing the boat. You're missing the boat on the kid from Denver, right? Just because he doesn't play down in Florida doesn't mean he doesn't have Florida talent. Just means that he doesn't have that. Let's let's put him in this space. And that's so much of what coaching is, man. I Austin, I, I, I'm fascinated by 41 new players and an entirely new coaching staff sans one coach. There's one coach that knows how to get all of the coaches here to where or who or how they need to be. Mm-hmm. They have one coach over there that can tell them, I need new equipment. I need who are my contact people? Uh, who am I dealing with? You got new equipment managers. You got new trainers. You got new nutritionists. And the nutritionist doesn't know where everything is. <laughs> like it's, it's a lot. And that one new coach or that one holdover coach has been here for oh a whopping one brand season. New. <laughs> brand new. <laughs> He's still wondering those same things himself, right? Because it's different from when he was last here, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot to it. Again, we'll throw the break. We'll close it out. But yeah. It, <laughs> like I just wish it's my hope of hope that this is all in the right direction and good but we'll talk about that when we come back you're listening to old school with DP and J download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com <laughs> 